Philippine children's rights advocate Amihan Abueva has been awarded the Asia Democracies and Human Rights Award in Taipei. The honor is presented each year by the Taiwan Foundation for Democracy. At Thursday's award ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen thanked Abueva for her work against child violence. Tsai said Taiwan would continue to defend its hard-won human rights and to strengthen protections for its children. Ms. Abueva has been a powerful advocate for the rights of children in her decades-long battle against all forms of child violence, especially trafficking and sexual exploitation. Throughout her career, she was uh, epitomized of selflessness and courage, tirelessly fighting to secure a safer world for our children and our future. The work of the Child Rights Coalition Asia is to look at the rights of children to a healthy environment, especially now, to make the best use of the digital world to promote mental health and also the sexual and reproductive health of rights of children and adolescents and protecting children from all forms of violence. Abueva is the Regional Executive Director of Child Rights Coalition Asia. She's pushed to expand child participation in society and policy making for child welfare. She's also fought to protect children from trafficking and sexual exploitation. Tsai said Abueva was instrumental to connecting child rights groups throughout Asia, including Taiwan's Child Welfare League Foundation. With just over a month till the election, DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde has launched an intensive campaign to win a legislative majority. He's ordered all DPP councillors to lend their full support by holding events and canvassing for the party's legislative candidates. On Thursday, all of the DPP's Taipei councillors turned up at the Xingyi Songshan constituency to stand united behind legislative hopeful Xu Shuhua. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde and Taipei legislative candidate Xu Shuhua prayed side by side at Songshan's Tsuhui Temple on Thursday. All the DPP's Taipei councillors showed up too, displaying a united front. Songshan's Tsuhui Temple could very well decide the outcome of this election. In this final stretch of the campaign, let us double down on our efforts to win new votes, to guard our votes, and to get out the vote, so that our very own Xu Shuhua wins her race by a comfortable margin. The DPP candidates made their case to voters. Legislative hopeful Xu Shuhua condemned her KMT rival Xu Qiaoxin for releasing confidential details about Taiwan's effort to join the U.S.-led Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. Yesterday, some people from the KMT's Blue Fighters faction leaked confidential government information. This could affect our future negotiations, as well as Taiwan-U.S. relations and our trade exchanges with others in the international community. So I call on everyone, regardless of party affiliation, to choose the Lai Xiao ticket in the 2024 presidential election. The content released was a foreign work contact report. 
The KMT leaked confidential government information and has continued to disseminate false information about Taiwan-U.S. cooperation. Such actions will only deepen the international community's skepticism toward the KMT. They also make clear to the public that Xu Chaoxing isn't suited to be a legislator because it's imperative that she not be allowed to access and leak more confidential documents. Lai has ordered DPP councillors to give full support to the party's legislative candidates to organize public events and canvass in assigned legislative districts. So, the mobilization order is just a formality for us because even before the order, we were already providing support to all candidates, regardless of party faction or group. We've long been supporting and helping each other. Xu Chaoxing is a formidable opponent. So, of course, we will be even more united in supporting our candidate to improve our chance of securing a legislative majority. Every city councillor is helping me to organize a support group. Besides that, they're also helping me canvas at vegetable markets. We're dividing and conquering in a show of our united strength. With just over a month to go before the election, the DPP is mobilizing from top to bottom to secure a legislative majority. The 2024 presidential election is just around the corner, and the government is stepping up efforts to fight electoral bribery. The importance of electoral integrity was highlighted by a recent event led by new immigrant community leaders and officials. Some new immigrant communities are not so familiar with Taiwan's democratic system and may lack understanding of what constitutes electoral bribery. Numerous new immigrant leaders were on hand to talk about the topic and they even created a comedy about the absurd types of corruption that can sometimes take place. This anti-corruption event was organized by the Ministry of the Interior and the Ministry of Justice in collaboration with new immigrant groups. Two first-time voters from immigrant communities were at the event, along with second-generation Vietnamese Taiwanese student Lai Jiayi. They were full of optimism about the responsibility of voting for the first time. As a second-generation immigrant and first-time voter, I'm very excited. I just turned 20 so I can exercise my civic right to vote. I will assess each candidate's views in detail and consider them carefully. I urge my friends to do the same because electoral bribery does exist in our lives and one can easily be affected by it, so I will talk to them about it. Immigrants were invited to perform a skit about the topic to raise awareness about the tactics that are sometimes used to buy votes. Indonesia-born Leo Francisca is a cultural ambassador and speaker and has witnessed many democratic processes since coming to Taiwan. That makes her first chance to vote here even more precious. There are many types of electoral bribery. Someone might invite you on a vacation or give you a gift, which all counts as bribery. I believe many immigrant women might not yet understand that as bribery. I will take my one vote seriously to give Taiwan the most suitable representatives. I will listen carefully to candidates' manifestos, read up on their educational history, and examine their personality and character. A Malaysian student's Lion Dance team also performed at the event, which aimed to encourage new immigrants to take courage in refusing to engage in electoral bribery. 
as we cast our one sacred vote in the process of the election, let us all together refuse and oppose electoral bribery. For the sake of this land and for our children, so they can live here in peace well into the future, together, let's protect it. As the election draws near, new immigrant leaders are refusing to let their electoral power be distorted by corruption. They're also calling on their communities to report electoral bribery when it takes place. The event reflects the seriousness with which the government takes an anti-corruption work and the importance of each person's vote reflecting their own voice. Housing transactions are on the decline this year as the government cracks down on property speculation. In the first 11 months of the year, transactions fell by 3.6% annually in the six special municipalities. But despite the slowdown in transactions, housing prices have stayed sky high. Since the start of the year, the government has been cracking down hard on housing speculation. It's imposed heavy penalties for speculative practices under the Equalization of Land Rights Act. Such measures have caused a decline in housing transactions. Out of the six special municipalities, the transaction volume was lowest in Taipei because property prices in Taipei are high. After the Equalization of Land Rights Act was enacted, many construction companies called off their projects in Taipei. Among the six special municipalities, Tainan was the only one to post growth in housing transactions, which were fueled by TSMC's expansion projects and the restructuring of the Southern Taiwan Science Park. All other municipalities saw negative growth, but despite the drop in housing transactions, housing prices stayed high. With the way prices have climbed these past few years, the hoarding tax is just a drop in the bucket. The real solution is to make adjustments to the tax base of property taxes. Analysts expect prices to rise again after next year's elections, but they have high hopes for next year's hoarding tax, saying it will help to curb the property market. Under the new policy, the longer unsold properties are held by developers, the higher the tax rate, with rates set at 4.8% for properties held unsold for five years or more. Whether the tax will drive developers to lower prices remains to be seen. An Indo-Pacific furry lobster is living its best life in an aquarium after narrowly escaping death in a restaurant. The crustacean was caught by fishermen and sent to a seafood shop, but its dazzling colors altered its destiny. Restaurant workers were astounded by its bright red shell, which made it appear fully cooked. The lobster was donated to a Pingdong aquarium so that more people could admire the rare find. The Indo-Pacific fairy lobster is hard to capture as it likes to hide in coral reefs. Unlike most lobsters, it has distinctive frontal horns and its shell is relatively spine-free. 2023 is winding down. In a 16-year-old tradition, a public vote has decided Taiwan's Chinese character of the year. That character is Chue, which means lack or to be short of. It took the top spot in a poll conducted by United Daily News. National team athlete Yang Junhan gives his take on the winning word. Lots of things were lacking this year, and we know where the problems lie. The hope is that next year we can address those problems, target those deficiencies, and bring about change. We hope the new year will sweep in fresh prospects. Yang said that in 2023, what he lacked the most was time. He said the word was a chance to reflect on the past year and to make changes in 2024.
Lack was submitted to the poll by Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzhen, who said that this year Taiwan lacked everything from water and electricity to eggs and labor. 2024 is just around the corner, and Kaohsiung plans to kick it off in style. The city's annual countdown party will feature big stars like Jenny Xie and Kaohsiung's very own Xiao Bingzhi. MC duties will be taken up by entertainer Sasha and the comic duo Plangon. Leading up to the big bash, Kaohsiung will host exciting public events, including a giant balloon parade and a marching band performance. 2024高雄跨年晚会，收视第一。The countdown to 2024 is on, and excitement is in the air. On Thursday, FTB General Manager Liao Jifeng, the Kaohsiung City Government, and Kaohsiung's tourism mascot hero announced the Kaohsiung New Year's Eve party. The show will star Jinnie Xie, who intends to skip the usual New Year songs and offer something fresh. 所有的跨年晚会就高雄梦时代。of all the New Year's Eve parties, the one at Kaohsiung's Dream Mall is the best because they had the vision to invite me, Jinnie Xie, to perform. The party will feature Thai singer Jeff Satter making his overseas debut and musical powerhouse Xiao Bingzhi, who's returning to his hometown. I think Kaohsiung's infrastructure is only getting better and better. There are a lot of fantastic venues where musicians can perform. I hope that every musician gets to perform in Kaohsiung at some point. And that's not all. Xiao will stage a reunion with G-Boy Swag to ring in the new year with immaculate vibes. The fireworks show will get an upgrade and our lineup of stars will be the biggest and brightest in Taiwan. Tomorrow we'll be turning on the streetlights and lighting up the Christmas tree. We'll also have a parade with balloon characters this week. There will also be a performance by the Orange Devils from Japan in a reflection of the close friendship between Taiwan and Japan. Kaohsiung will host exciting activities all the way to New Year's Eve. Once again, entertainer Sasa and comedy duo Plungon will host the New Year's Eve party. They'll bring their sparkling chemistry to Kaohsiung to create a countdown to remember. The Taipei Marathon is just around the corner. The annual event takes place on December 17th and is known as the biggest event on Taiwanese runners' calendars. But it was just one of the 500 road races held in Taiwan last year as Taiwan's running fever continues to grow. Today, we meet a team of running coaches who are working hard in the most important week of the year. They use music chosen for a very specific pace to help their runners pace themselves through training. The innovative service is just a drop in the ocean of the fast-growing fitness industry. Runners open their arms wide. They're about to start a training session in the lead-up to the Taipei Marathon. If you don't warm up, it's easy to pull a tendon while running. When you start, you must wear tools to keep you warm. After your body has warmed up, you can take them off one by one. That's the best for your health. 
A thorough warm-up from head to toe is vital. Then they set off for a jog along the river. In training the stamina needed for a marathon, pacing is extremely important. Coaches prepare music at the right pace for runners to listen to on earphones and time their pace to the beat. The average runner will have a pace of about 160 to 180 steps per minute. So we choose music that fits that pace so they can keep to it and have a sense of running in a stable rhythm and pace themselves in that way. Running can be a long and tedious exercise, so music can help relieve the boredom, and at the same time, it can help runners to complete training for long distances. Common running accessories include Bluetooth earphones, smartwatches, baseball caps, sweat-wicking clothes, and special running shoes. As fitness gets more and more popular and the marathon takes off in Taiwan, the overall worth of the fitness economy is estimated to be more than 17 billion NT. Wetlands and fishing villages glitter in the setting sun, the water like liquid gold. This evening view is one of the many charms of coastal Yunlin. The Chenglong wetlands were once an area of farmland covering more than 100 hectares, but they were long since overrun by flooding, producing this exceptionally rich ecosystem. In theory, you can admire our local coastal plants from December to the start of summer in March, and at this time in winter, the migratory birds which overwinter here. In the fishing village, we find this unusually shaped blue building. The inner walls are made entirely from a mosaic of colorful tiles, giving visitors the dreamlike sense they've stepped inside a piece of abstract art. After this fell into disrepair, it was a dump site in the community. But since the community rebuilt it, it provides local students and community residents with another place to relax or study. And after a long walk, you can spend a leisurely moment here in the afternoon. The owner has created surprising treats with local fishing village produce. The most unusual is definitely a unique mullet roast scone. This exquisite cozy little cafe becomes even more magical when you sit down to drink some tea and hear stories from the fishing village. They're perfect to sell here. I asked him, can you bring in our local ingredients like mullet roe or sweet potatoes? So he put in everything. So that's how the mullet roe scone was created. With the input of artists and many local people, Chenglong Village has become a community full of creative flair as well as ecological riches. It's the perfect destination for art lovers and walkers. Taiwan has gotten its first snow of the winter season. The snowfall began Wednesday morning at the peak of Xueshan, it tapered off Thursday morning after leaving the mountain with some 10 centimeters of snow. Also on Thursday, Taiwan experienced its coldest winter temperature so far. Minus 8.2 degrees Celsius registered at a weather station in Yushan. Forecasters say that cold and dry conditions will continue into next week. Snowflakes fall from the sky, thrilling a hiker at the Xueshan Cirque, 3,500 meters above sea level. It's where Taiwan's first snow of the season descended Wednesday morning. The mountaintop was almost entirely covered in snow. A sea of clouds rolled in at the distance, creating a picture-perfect landscape. For hikers, even seeing sleet was a delight. About 10 centimeters of snow accumulated on the mountain overnight, but the snowfall slowed by Thursday morning as moisture in the air decreased. 
Last night, temperatures went below zero degrees. There was enough moisture, so the conditions were right for snow. Our colleagues from the Wuling station headed up to assess the situation today. For now, the snowfall has stopped. Besides getting its first snow, Taiwan has recorded its lowest temperature so far this season. Yushan hit minus 8.2 degrees early Thursday morning, as foggy weather lifted to reveal a stunning sea of clouds and a spectacular cloud waterfall. Down in the plains, radiated cooling brought temperatures to a low of 11.1 degrees in Miaoli. Jilong, Taoyuan and New Taipei all saw lows below 13 degrees and a return to drier conditions. Lows in central Taiwan, northern Taiwan and Jinmen range between 11 and 13 degrees. Over in southern Taiwan, Hualien and Taidong, they were around 15 to 17 degrees, which is fairly cool. Northeasterly winds will weaken tomorrow and there will be less moisture, so radiative cooling will take place along the western half of the island. The forecaster says cold and dry conditions will prevail the next few days until a new front moves in next Tuesday. For now, watch out for big day-night temperature swings and make sure to wrap up warm when heading outdoors.